I, I don't I don't want to start the show like a eulogy, um, but my football season has now come to an end as the uh, DJ for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, <laughs> Ian just gave me the the prayer hands. Uh, <laughs> He hit me with the he hit me with the real life prayer hands emoji, which we all still are arguing over whether that's a high five or a prayer emoji. But um, the players playlist, we are here. Uh, DJ Eakin and of course my partner in crime on the west side, uh, Crisco Kid. Uh, I know you want to hear the excitement today, but you like want to take away. You know that there's some things we're going to talk about in a minute, but you know, you know, um, yeah. Crisco, I, I did bring something though to show that all is not lost. You know, um, for those of us those that, that catch us on the old YouTube channel, this towel we were giving out last night. Do you see it there? Is it nice in there? The, the playoffs. Uh, it it was good for one game at home last night. You know, shouts out to Advent Health. Shouts out to uh, my girl Danielle who handles me. Uh, my street lace guys, uh, Macus, everybody over there, uh, Alex, and that you know that. Uh, Buccaneer organization, Street Lace fam, that that makes sure that I have a good time. Shouts out to my girl Casey too, who shares the old treasure chest with me. It's it's been a it's been a a, a wild season, Crisco. I'll say that to say the very least, right? So, um, as we get into this episode of the players playlist, you you know I I you know I hit you up and I said I had to I had to bring the man in here. You know, our, our NFL aficionado, uh, Ian Beckles, former Buccaneer, lineman, uh, great sports dude in his own right, understands talking this talk. And Crisco, uh, Ian is here. He has arrived. <laughs> How you doing, brother? And, I missed you last time. It's called that vacation sleep. And uh, I woke up at the end of the damn show but i so good to have you uh, on the show again to get to talk to you because i know you're about to put so, some some input because i went back and listened to that episode and mm-hmm. it's kind of what you were thinking might have happened you you called it well i mean i don't want to say i know football but um i don't know many other things but football is definitely one of them and i know what my eye sees now i'm wrong a lot that's 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 real okay right but i was very right about kyler Murray. i'm very right about kyler Murray. i was very right about this buccaneer team i think i was right about tom brady and I think when everybody's watching these games, I understand who Tom Brady is. I get it. And if I say he didn't play well, that's not talking down anything he's done. Did he look good to anybody? Like I don't know why anybody wants that anymore. I just I'm serious. Now you could say if he has any, if you have a great team around him, well, like Brock Purdy, uh, you know. So it's San Francisco doesn't want him. Tom Brady. I think we might have seen him play his last game. I think it's very possible. Oof. I want to stop at, at, at one point you just said, right? Like, because we do, I think a lot of times when we talk about these guys like Tom Brady and the Michael Jordans and, and these guys, right? The history is there, right? And so everybody is literally caught up in the glory of all the things that they've accomplished. And, and I'm a fan. I have to say that he is the goat when I think of him. But to your point, do you think... Do you not think that there's any situation that can be created that we could once again see the greatness of Tom, Tom Brady? Because I, I've heard a lot of guys still say, like, Tom Brady had a good season in there. And I have heard guys say this, but, you know, that, that's that's why we ask you to be here. I mean, okay, our Bucks were in the playoff in, in an anomalous season. We were 8-9, and nine, okay? I, I think the Cardinals had a – the Cardinals were right about then, were they? I mean, you're 8-9, and nine, you're not a great football team. You, I don't know of a quarterback that played great on an 8-9 football team. Maybe Deshaun Watson back in the day on his team. He played well on a crappy team. If you look back to this season and you say, who played well? Let's start the list. Go. There's nobody on my list that played well. Not one person. There's not one person on this Buccaneer team. I'm serious. There's not one person on this Buccaneer team that's better than this team two years ago. Not one person. Even the people on the same positions are not better. Okay, We're not a great football team. We're not great in the trenches. Our quarterback's not great. We don't have great running backs. We don't have a tight end. Our receivers are old. We don't rush the passer. We're breaking coverages. Does any good teams do that? So everybody's saying it's not Tom, but I tell you what, Tom played as poorly as anybody else on that football field this year. That's me. Can we talk about the game per se, right? And and I put a tweet out that I said, last year I felt like the secondary let 
the, the game go in the playoffs. And I feel like the, sa the same thing that we watched again, where the, the, either the Cowboys were just that good, Dak, I mean, played great, and the offense was just moving, or the secondary or the defense just did not step up for Tampa Bay. Is, is that a correct statement that you would feel makes sense? Okay, the defense is not good. I told everybody defense is not good. They're not good. Okay, we had six points going into the fourth quarter. How many games you fit in to win doing that? We scored about 17 points a game. This is the NFL. People are scoring 35 points a game. This this was not good this year, people. We should have been out. We shouldn't have been in the playoffs. We should have been out of the playoffs probably four weeks ago. Because in our division, we kept on losing, and everybody else kept on losing. We should have been out of this thing. They weren't that darn good. And you know what? They had me fooled, too, because I'm telling everybody I put money on the Bucks yesterday because I thought they were going to beat the Cowboys because the Cowboys weren't that darn good. Everybody's gassing up Dak Prescott. Go back and watch the game. How many great throws did he make? He was hitting wide, open-ass dudes in broken coverages. I mean, they, I didn't think he was that great yesterday. I, I, I do feel like, from, from what I saw, though, I do feel like that was one of the and, and one of the best games that I've seen Dak play. And, I, and I'll say this, to your point, Ian, I don't think the Buccaneers' secondary is as disciplined as they need to be when you're in the NFL, right? I think that, like you said, to, to Crisco's point as well, there were a lot of broken coverages. Dudes were like, open with like eight yards in between them and any and any defender right and and i'm not a football aficionado mm -hmm. like aficionado like you are and then i also when i was watching it the the the, the thing i that i that i was seeing too and, and shouts out to my guy remember, remember we had amir on here amir said this and i want to get your thoughts ian that when dak runs just a little instead of making that errant throw or that forced mm -hmm. throw Dallas is that much better. Did okay. you see that last night at least? This is what I saw. And I'm going to ask everybody out there as Buccaneer fans, who's our best pass rusher? And I, I'm a huge, I watch every snap this year. I don't have an answer. Who are best pass rushers? We had one sack yesterday. We had two, I think three quarterback hits yesterday. Dak played well. But for God's sakes, on the he scored a touchdown, okay? I don't even know who number 52 is on the Buccaneers. I'm not sure who he is. He's our outside linebacker. He tried to make a play on the other side of the ball on the goal line. And Dak this 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 kind of boated out and he walked in the end zone. That's not coaching. That's just bad football. So we made Dak look great yesterday. I thought Daniel Jones looked great. I thought Daniel Jones was the best quarterback this whole uh, Dak played great. Okay. But we didn't make him do anything like Superman. He just it, we gave it to him. There was one time the Bucks blitzed six guys. And I watched Dak Prescott stand back there for five seconds. I don't give a crap who your DB is. Dion, uh, Darrell Revis, he ain't going to cover anybody for five seconds one-on-one. -on -one. It's not going to happen. So this Bucks team just wasn't that talented. Well, and, and I think you saw a lot of like, and, and this is whether you watch football all the time or not, when you see the defense kind of going like. Yeah. Well, they did that all year. Oh, yeah. All and year. I think at that point, it, it was like, man, this is just not a good look. And to bring it back, what may bring Tom back? I don't know. Is it picking up another tight end, or is not it strengthening? Happening. It's not coming back. No way. Not Tom's okay. not. Tom's not coming back here. I guarantee. I'll bet my house on. He's not coming back here. After watching that game, where do you want him to go? Like, give me a team. What what team do you think would take Tom Brady? They won't be good enough. I promise you. The only team everybody was saying was San Francisco, and why the hell would they pull the plug on a rookie and bring in a 49-year-old cat who can barely walk anymore? It doesn't make sense. Hang it up, brother. Nobody's going to look at you any different if you hang it up right now. Nobody. I want, I want to get to this point, too, because, you know, uh, we, got a, we got a full show today. We're also talking, and, and this is a very focused Buck show because this is this is where we are at home, and it all happened last night in a super wild card weekend, right? I didn't feel like it was a super ending to this wild card weekend, and I actually thought we saw some pretty good football this weekend. But when we're talking about from the top down, there are rumors, and it's bubbling, and Jason and I were talking about this before we got started, that there have been about four or five reports that left which our offensive coordinator for the Bucks is going to be let go. Can you really, do you really, from your point of view of seeing things, mm -hmm. is it a left which issue? Is it an offensive coordinator issue? Or is it bigger than him? Or is it, to another point that you make a lot, a talent issue? Well, I'm going to do a podcast right after you. And my first question is, you know, coaching versus talent. Uh, every great coach in the history of this game 
had fantastic talent. The, uh, coaching is overrated, okay? I coached my my son. And everybody's like, why isn't your team better? And I said, because your kid sucks. <laughs> and those people's kids are better. So right now, this Buccaneer team's not that them. They're just not that talented. And I, I mean, once if somebody get to handpick people from our team, just come pick them. I don't know if anybody's going to grab a bunch of our players right now. I just don't. Vita Vea, okay. He, he's a run stopper who didn't do a whole lot this year. Our superstars didn't play well. Devin White is a liability. Uh, Carlton Davis was a liability. Whoa, hold up, hold up. You got you can't just run through that point. You got to explain to me and Crisco why a dude like Devin White you would call a liability. Well, Devin White makes some great plays. He reminds me of our boy Quan Alexander from back in the day. He makes some great plays and other plays you're guessing. Great players don't guess. Great players aren't out of place. Devin White, sometimes I'm like, what is he doing? I always knew what Derek Brooks was doing. I always knew what Hardy Nickerson was doing. Shelton Quarles, all the great ones. We got a, and I believe we have good coaches. And I'm, okay, I'm gonna do a podcast after this. And everybody, and the, the whole thing about you know Bowles, Bowles won't lose his job. Leftwich losing his job. I believe the Pewter, Pewter Report said that. Um, maybe Rick Stroud. I would say to them, who the hell told you that? Who would know that right now? So wh- where did they get that from? Is it gonna happen? Probably. You didn't hear that from nobody. So to me, to get out there and run on top of that and say he's going to get fired is unfair. Does he deserve to be fired? The situation is going to be that you're going to get fired. Somebody has to be to blame for Tom Brady not doing well, and that's it's going to be Byron Leftwich. The same guy two, two years ago was a great play caller with right. great football players. The same guy with a good line and a tight end, and receivers. We don't have anybody on our team right now that was better than anybody two years ago. Nobody. So I can call plays when I have great football players. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ian, we got to let you go. But I, I, uh, Crisco, you you may want to get one in, but I want to get this one question in too before we let you get out of here. Now that you've seen, you know, because I, I saw a little bit of first take before I was on my way here, Crisco, to, to, for us to do our the pod, right? And... One of the big questions now is, oh, yeah, Dak looks so good. The Cowboys look so good. But they got to go to Fort, to San Francisco next week. Did they look that good to you that you see them getting past San Francisco? And if so, with the Eagles, if they get Jalen Hurts back to play like the Jalen Hurts that they had mm-hmm. all season, do you see Dallas getting past those two teams and I'm not going to throw the Giants out here like they don't have a chance. They do. Because they actually played very good last week. Uh, well, this past weekend. Do you see Dallas coming out of the NFC? Anybody has a chance is in the playoffs right now. Let's get okay, that okay. If okay. any team wins, it's not going to be an upset. It's the playoffs, okay? Um, okay, Dallas played one good game. Did you see last week? Or the week before? Did you see San Francisco last 10 weeks? Right. San Francisco's balling every week. Now, San Francisco's scoring 35 points. Let's get that straight. San Francisco has a number one, I think the number one scoring defense, number one defense in yards, and I believe the number one offense. So, that ain't no BS. That's the serious football. To me, Shanahan is by far the best play caller in football. Brock Purdy would suck on the Buccaneers. Just telling you, it'd be too much. He is fantastic on the 49ers. If you're an intelligent person who could spin the ball, you're going to be great for the 49ers. Just plug and play. He doesn't have to be great because Shanahan knows to put, not to put him in really crazy situations. I'm going with San Francisco. Now, the, the, if they lose, it's not the craziest thing in the world. But if I had to bet my house again, it would be on San Francisco for sure. And Dallas not going to beat San Francisco and Philadelphia. They ain't that damn good. They're not. They're not. The Bucks made them look really good yesterday. They're not. The Niners, the Niners look good. I'm right there with you, man. Yeah, I man. think it's the where it's just kind of like, What's in the air, man? But it's football. The ball, the ball bounce is funny. If you watched football last weekend, football is the most unpredictable thing in the world. You, I, I would have bet anything on some of those teams not coming back by the way the games went, and, it, and I would have been wrong. So I, I was wrong again yesterday. So knowing football is not the best thing in the world because football is a funny thing. The ball's not round. <laughs> yeah, there it is. There it is. There it is. 
Hey man, uh, Ian, um, I I appreciate you, man. Uh, that podcast you have, let the folks know where they can find you at because they get more of this. This this is why Crisco and I ask for you to come here because I like Crisco. This this helps our credibility. Like we be talking right, and we be we be making sure that we on it right. But then Crisco and I reach out because we we got real big friends out here to understand this thing. Well, I mean, you guys are good for my credibility as well. You you know how they do sometimes? Like don't tell the athletes just. Uh, shut up and play ball. They, that's what they do to us sometimes. Hey, just shut up and play a record. Uh, right. uh, yeah, LeBron squashed that a little while ago. Uh, my my podcast is in the trenches, wherever you can get a podcast, and uh, you guys make me look good as well. So I appreciate y'all. I appreciate you, man. Ian Beckles, man. Yeah, man. Uh, thank you so much for uh, you know coming here and 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 letting us pop off with you, man, and 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 and, and giving us some real yeah, insight. Um, One man. Love. Crisco, well, we we started with a bang today. Uh, I think uh, our, our our next guest is is waiting in the in the wings. Uh, we're gonna have uh, DJ Yoshi on here. Um, Crisco, um, you know something else that surprised me too, Crisco. As we, we can bring Yoshi in, as we bring Yoshi in. Um, did the Jacksonville Jaguars surprise you, Yoshi? Big shout out to you. Uh, hold on one second. We're gonna bring hey, you in. Hey. Uh, and Yoshi, you could jump in on this question too as we bring you. And I'm, I'm asking Crisco because we just got off talking a little bit about the Bucks game last night, and mm-hmm. one of the big surprises this this past weekend too uh, was that Jacksonville Jaguars comeback. Crisco, your, your thoughts on Trevor Lawrence and the good hair and the fact that you know um, he eats at Waffle House? We know how we feel about that. <laughs> Man. Is that where we're going? Are we going? Are we going? Are we going? Yeah. Well, we, we, I want to get Yoshi in, but I do want to get your thoughts before we get to, to Yoshi and everything he's got going on. I want to get your thoughts on the Jaguars game, too. And, and you know, like, what do you think about, you know? I ain't going to lie, man. I had the Chargers. I had the Chargers. I think the Chargers had the Chargers being up by 27. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think everybody had the Chargers, but it just shows, just like Ian just said, that the football is not round. You don't know what's going to happen. And we almost saw the same thing happen with the Bills and the Dolphins game, which was too close. The, the end, it, that that score, looking at, at what we've been watching throughout the whole season and, and the Bills and the momentum that they had, I did not expect Miami to even get that close to where people at home were like, wait, wait, are we going to see an upset here? Because we, we went through the rundown of AFC and NFC teams and what we thought was going right. to happen last, last Tuesday, and I, I got upset. I didn't think Minnesota was going to lose. I thought – thought it was skull vikings they were going you know it was going to be a little interesting but anybody can happen at any time we all know that yoshi man welcome dog welcome <laughs> man hey for so those, good to be here for those of you watching us on on the youtube situation and 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 checking us out man my man dj yoshi is here uh w- the list of who he's rocked with from diddy to mariah to mary J to john legend companies like nike uh uh i mean the list is just the list is just crazy but i, I guess we're bringing him in at a good time too man yoshi welcome to the players playlist because Yoshi so is up in the Northeast, here. right? And I'm sure that he is happy about that Giants win and, and how great that Daniel Jones looked, you know, uh, the other day. <laughs> First, I, I, I got to put this. I don't know if you guys could see that. That's that's what the Giants did to the Vikings. Oh, oh, there you go. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They, they responded to the Vikings post of New York's favorite team. Wow. By putting SKO. And then a big L for Skull. Wow. Sleeping that right there. <laughs> yeah. Um, we shout out to BJ Ski over at the Vikings, right? So that was the one game that I was confident about all weekend. And I didn't bet it, but that was the one game. The only thing that I did bet was I, I, I did a prop bet. I don't know if you guys saw this, but it was um, 49ers win. Kittle touchdown, uh, McCaffrey 80 yards or more, and uh, Debo for 40 yards or more. And I was like, that's that's a lock. I was going to say. Gonna lay, I'm going to lay the entire thing down. I, I laid down a check on it, and I was like, wow, this is going to be amazing. And, and I lost it. <laughs> Wait, I don't know if I should because I, as you were saying it to me, I was like, isn't, isn't that a lock? That's like a that's a lock. Which so which part of it didn't come through? Because I don't I don't have the stats in front of me. The uh, um, Kittle didn't score a touchdown. Oh, yeah. okay. There you go. Yeah. There you go. Okay. Well, like that, 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 that right there. 
yeah. is every week for the 49ers. Doesn't matter who the quarterback. That's every week for the 49ers. So I was like, this is I, I gotta bet this. Right. Right. Anyway, anyway, I'm 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 getting upset with myself now. <laughs> we slide over a little bit here, uh, Yoshi. Uh, good to have you here, man. Um, and and you know, like we've been talking for a minute about Crisco and I about making sure that we had like, you know, uh, family. What we call you know dudes like you, man, that are that we're into this entertainment thing, right? We're into this sports thing as well. And dude, just just the amount of things that you're doing, man. Give the folks some 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 background on the amount of things you're doing. You know, uh, give me one second. Yeah. Okay. You know, with 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 that with with your DJ thing and the amount of things that you're involved in right now, I know this list is crazy. So yeah, I mean, I mean um, right now, uh, official DJ of Army football and uh, basketball, uh, Big Ten football championships, and we're potentially working on something with basketball uh, to lock in long term with Big Ten basketball and you know uh, March Madness. Um, Team Legrand, Christopher and Dana Reeve Foundation, uh, Crohn's and Colitis Foundation, um, uh, and just connected with a uh, another philanthropic organization called Roots and Wings, who actually helps children transition from the time period of 17 to 18. And if they weren't adopted and now they're no longer children and they have to be functional adults, um, helping them transition to being functional adults where they can uh, go to school, go to college and provide for themselves, uh, you know, if they decide to become a, a tradesperson. And uh, another foundation that I work with out of the, the Washington DC area, uh, Fight for Children, they provide books, education and sports uh, activities for uh, the underserved, underprivileged children in the DMV area. And uh, they have something that's called Fight Night DC that's now trans transitioned to um, um, Fight for Honors. So it's uh, it's sports meets politicians meets entertainment, and you know that's that's where I've transitioned into focusing most of my time. You know, I, I left um, I, I left the clubs predominantly. You know, the the, the club pay was. Eh. And, you know, having having to grind out two clubs in a night four times a week versus, you know, let me do this one event in one day that provides for children or provides for, you know, um, a, a legitimate cause and makes people really happy instead of, hey, I'm going to watch people spend $100,000 at the bar to make them happy. Now it's I can make money and have a viable career outside of club life and it's something that gives back to the world uh so that so that's what i'm, I'm really into and you know you did say nike I, I have worked with nike in the past um and and the, the footlocker folks in the past and and now i i work predominantly with under armor so uh shout out to the team kevin plank and, and beth malifa down there at under armor in baltimore you, you know, you know what I find that's that that kind of just blends right in. Eakin is, you know, we talked about Tom Brady a while ago. We, we talk about a lot of goats and and greats. That when is it time to retire? How do you make that transition? And I think a lot of DJs are faced with that too because I don't have to be in the clubs anymore. And for me to be to to to, to take a club gig, um, it has to make sense. I, I don't, you know, whether it's a strip club, whether it's a regular club, whatever it might be. I like to do events. Now. I like it to be something that people are going to remember, and, and there's a there's a there's a purpose behind it. And I know not right. every event have a specific purpose, but at least you know that it just makes sense. It's something special that people can like. Okay, whether it's a one a, a month thing, even if it's bi weekly, I just think sometimes for me at my I don't want to say age, but I guess at my experience or where I'm at in my career, it was okay for me to kind of step away from the clubs because a lot of the times too, these corporate events and some of the brands that you're able to align partnerships and whether it's a nonprofit or whether they're making a lot of money, they, they, they pay better as well. And, and it seems to be, you know, you don't have to worry about people drunk uh, and especially going dry January this year. So far, these past 16, 17 days has been pretty good to where I have gone out and I'm like, man, I, I, yeah, I don't have to drink anymore. And I'm looking at other people and I'm like, yeah, you see, this is kind of what I don't miss anymore. And mm -hmm. uh, I think it's that transition to let other DJs know that, it's okay. 
you can come to the other side and do these great gigs that don't involve people drunk and playing hey can you play bad bunny all the time you know yeah well to that point right i'm i'm still kind of like in the in the club space and feeling the transition happen and i guess it brings me to want to ask the both of you this what was the thing and like to Crisco's point, because I think a lot of people think it's the age or whatever. And to me, that's not what the feeling is. But I want to get you guys' thought on what is the thing or what was the thing that made you guys start feeling like. I want to do something else. I still want to have, you know, like like you, Yos, you still very much into your DJ thing. Crisco still very much into your hosting, knowing how to handle events and everything else that goes with it. But in a different environment, what was the thing that made both of you guys decide now it's time to start the shift. Um, for for me, uh, I met my wife in a little later in life, right, 2012. And when we got married in 2016, um, I was still doing clubs here and there. I was heavily into traveling. I had just signed with the New Jersey Devils. So it was Big Ten, New Jersey Devils, Rutgers football, um, consulting for uh, programs. So a lot of people don't know. Uh, I started the DJ program in college sports. If, you know, from it being inside a booth to it being prevalent whenever you walk into the arena for in-game entertainment. We started that uh, with Coach Yanu back at Rutgers. And hold on one second. Crisco, can I get that applause thing right there? Because sometimes we don't give dudes their flowers when they are deserved. And that's a little known fact right there. We ain't gonna we ain't gonna just let Yossi slide that through without giving him his flowers right there. <laughs> I was waiting, I was waiting on that on that end pause and I was about to hit him with it. Yeah. Go ahead, Yoshi. I didn't mean to cut you off, but I, sometimes you gotta no, you no, gotta those good. flowers gotta happen right then. <laughs> So, yeah, you know, we, we started that and um, every coach that came into that environment, they were like, wow, it's on the recruiting terrace. It's a great place where we can bring recruits to. I want to do that. So then coaches started contacting um, me and they were like, hey, do you want to come out? Do you want to do this? Do you want to do that? Uh, conferences started doing it. And, uh, you know, after that, from 2005 onward, I was consulting in that space. And, you know, it came to the point in 2016 after my wife and I got married. I was gone uh, 2016, 2017, 2018, 200 nights or more a year. Wow. That I was not home. And my wife is like, hey, listen, I didn't sign up for this. And I said, you know what? You're right. Um, I stepped back fully from the clubs. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll touch maybe one or two a quarter. And like Crisco said, you know, it has to make sense. Um, I don't like selling myself out in a club. I like to play a venue that will let me be me. So mostly old school, mostly hip hop, reggae, R&B, and a touch of house music. And it can't be like aggressive house, uh, you know, deep house. Uh, I like to play a lot of big room and I, li I like to play a lot of tech house now. So if I find spaces that are like that, and for me, to be honest, it's not even about the money. It's just sometimes, you know, I'll hit it. I'll hit up my agency and I'll say like, Hey, I feel like playing a club next month. What do you got? Um, and, and then we'll lock it in. But, uh, it wasn't about my age. It was more about the feeling of where I wanted to go. And I don't know if you guys had experienced this in your markets, but in New York city, if you weren't playing clubs, uh, this is until COVID. If you weren't playing clubs, you were your skills were discounted. You were seen as a, a, a lesser DJ. You were seen as someone who couldn't rock. And you're basically seen as like, oh, well, there, there's that private events loser. Or, you know, there's that wedding DJ. And ever since the pandemic, when people had realized, well, oh, shit, I'm broke from being in a club. I'm broke from having to pay for my own health insurance. You know, I went to, I, I know people that were legitimate millionaires, right? And they went to the hospital. They had a few things go wrong, whether it be cancer, whether it be COVID treatment, whether it be, you know, asthma or, or needing a surgery. And guess what? That million dollars 
cancer treatment, $70,000 per cancer treatment, your million dollars is gone. But before you were sitting here talking shit about people who were out making five to $7,000 in a private event. So when I saw that, and then the, the more that I got involved with brands, the more that I got involved with passion projects that make me feel good, um, holy. And then I also started a no asshole policy back in 20, uh, back in 2012, where if me, my, my agent at the time, or my manager thought that the person or the business had assholeish tendencies, we walked away. Boom. And I lost, I'm, I'm going to be honest guys off the bat. I lost $50,000 off the bat in contracts. Wow. The first two years of that were the hardest, but after you form that and you reevaluate and you re you reassess who you are, what you have to offer, what really makes you happy. Um, and yeah, the money's great in this, right? But at the end, am I fulfilled? And I was not being fulfilled anymore in the clubs. I was not being fulfilled anymore coming home at 5 o'clock and then going to sleep because I like to I like to wake up early. Um, right. I like to be up by five thirty every day. It doesn't matter. I feel I can do I can do my workout. I can do yoga. I can meditate. And guess what? I can eat breakfast and I'm still done with all that before most of the other people who are stumbling home drunk or, you know, hung over and, and wasting the day. Uh, that, that, that's not me. And, you know, I, I like to wake up, do all that, and then be on the golf, be on the golf course by seven thirty, eight o'clock. So. Or- <laughs> hey, hey man, if, if, it, if it's one thing that I'm really getting out of this conversation with Yoshi too, right. Is like that focus on your time, which has become a super big deal to me. Like it, it really became last year even more, right? But this year as I've started January along with you, Crisco, right? I've had the dry January thing going on, which I don't really think that I have like a this super big drink. I don't even have a liquor at home, right? I only drink really when I'm out like in a social environment. But that better use and focus on what you're doing with your time, that has become a super big deal, man. Like like I, I got like you saying that Yoshi, like it really lets me know too, like that I'm on the right track with that. Like, you know, just, just the amount of stuff that you talk about, you do before eight thirty, nine o'clock in the morning. I'm not getting up at five thirty every day, but I am up to your <laughs> point. Right. But I am up though, without my alarm clock going off, it's like seven ish. So if I'm going to bed every night at three, four in the morning, two in the morning, I'm not even getting the sleep that I need to get. And my trainer taught me that he's like, bro, like you're not even getting the sleep you need to get. So it's a lot of things that go into this, man. I know, Crisco, you you want to jump in here. <laughs> no, I, mean, I, I I agree. I think we've all kind of hit that point. And, and you're right. It, I don't think it is an age thing um, because, it's, you know, you, you've seen the movie, uh, not old school, uh, The Other Guys, where Will Ferrell and, and Mark Wahlberg, you know, every once in a while, Gator wants some Get him with some shoes, you know. So I got. <laughs> I want to step out. I want to go to the club. I want to do one of these events just because it's like, yeah, hit up the agency just because I want to again, right? But it's it's got to be that you want to. And I felt at, at one point in my life because you know I, I DJ and I host, and sometimes I get both booked for both, or they'll say, hey, we want you just to host, or hey, we want you just to spin. We already have another host that's going to come in. I'm like, all right, cool, no problem with me. But every once in a while, I do like that feeling, and I like to get back out there. But uh, you're right. I don't think it's about age. I think it was more about productivity for me as well. Um, I felt like I wasn't being focused. And um, I think having, my, you know, my son really changed a lot of that as well because mm-hmm. I wanted to be up and be ready and be focused to take care of him while he was a baby. And I think from that point, it kind of just kind of shifted into something different for me as well. So that way, you know, my girl didn't have all the responsibility of waking up early and checking in the middle of the night and all that. I really wanted to be there and be a part of that as much as I could as well. And then to me, it really was uh, the money aspect for real, because there's, there's clubs out there offering the same money. Like mind you, I started DJing in 1995 or 96. And for me to be offered some of the same, oh, well, it's just an hour. I don't give a damn if it's an hour or four hours or whatever it is. Right. We got a hundred and could you do this for 300 and and maybe i'm like no bro i got that in high school and i didn't have any awards i didn't have any plaques i wasn't for anything i didn't have the number one show in the city like 
why would I entertain that at all? And I know you guys all have your accolades and it doesn't make sense to do the same amount of dollars, especially with inflation gone up. Y'all got to pay the DJs at least for the inflation that keeps right. going up. This wasn't worth it for me. Hey, one of the things that that, that you mentioned too, Yoshi, and, and, I, and I, I, uh, the pandemic. The pandemic changed a lot for a lot of us, right? Like the, uh, one of the big things that came out of the pandemic was a lot of people ran to like, once they saw the D nice thing work and the Instagram mm -hmm. DJ kind of took its thing and then Twitch kind of became this big deal. And I, and I know one thing about you, you have a lot of movement on Twitch. So I want to talk about that as well. But another thing that I saw happen a lot was, especially with a lot of people either losing their jobs or the show money slowed down was a lot of people suddenly became teachers and they were teaching for a fee that is one thing that has bothered me and 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 the reason i say that is because one of the best things i can say about me in the industry and having friends like you guys right like like that's one i'm a big relationship guy the one thing i can say about knowing you two guys is everything has always been honest and that's what i love like i'd rather you tell me eekin you messing up don't let me just keep doing things because you're getting a check out of it when it's not the right thing to be doing. And I, I feel in this business, we're in one of the few businesses, right, that these stories of crookedness have been going on for years. So when we guys like us get in a position, I feel like people I care about, like I don't want them to go through what I've gone through. Like I would like to teach them that door you push. You don't pull that one. But we are still hearing these stories. Right. So. In your position now, right, when you talk about the, the, the you know, the, the work of giving back and these organizations that you are part of, that seems to be a super important thing. Like, but when you look at it overall, is that still a big space that we need to do a lot of work in? Because, you know, we've seen these stories. We've heard these stories. People getting messed out of money. Uh, we know for a fact that this is a great but shit business when it comes to paperwork right if your paperwork is wrong you could be making a bunch of money for everybody and you'll be sitting over there going i can't even pay my rent so when you look at that right is when you look at that next step of, of paying it forward what do you how much more work do you think that we need to do in this industry because there's a lot of work to do you know um when you talk about the next set of creatives and and their chances of making it in this business and being able to feed their families and that sort of thing so for for me, um, I'm, I'm a big math guy, and the inflation period, which is you know generally 2.4 percent um, in the COVID world, has jumped up as much as high as 19 percent. So what Crisco was saying, you know, you're gonna you're gonna get the same amount of money for it doesn't matter how long. Um, that's something that just needs to be ingrained in DJ's heads, right? So, Egan, uh, to your question. How much work do we have to do? How much do we have to invest? That is what my new YouTube channel is. And I don't care about how much I'm making because I'm not making anything out of it, right? I've been sitting there recording content on how to get your contract straight. What should be your contract? Uh, what is force major? How does it apply to you? What should your rider be? What's technical rider, hospitality rider? Um, how to properly negotiate? how to walk away from a situation, how to make more money off of what you're doing right now to account for inflation. What's an RFP? Because a lot of people don't understand what an RFP is and that you can respond to RFPs. And guess what? RFPs are some of the biggest money that, that you'll ever make in, in the world. What is a marketing contract? How much should you be charging uh, you know, marketing com uh, companies? How you should actually prospect for proper business? Those are things that I'm addressing because it's all being done wrong. People are doing shit for the gram. They're doing it for social media. They're doing it for their, their clout chasing. And part of the reason why we're in the situation where we're in economically, and I'm saying we as DJs, as, as, as creatives, is because people are clout chasing instead of forming a business, right? It's like um, when the MP3 started and record labels were started to sign singles instead of developing artists. I feel like that signing singles became the trend that screwed up the record industry for decades because they finally just started getting it right. So there are a lot of good things that we see, we could see and learn from the new influencers. And I hate using that word um, because 
it could help us reach the next set of people. Um, I actually just had someone who responded to one of my videos on the things that I'm going to do on how to prospect for, to become a sports DJ, how to become a better sports DJ. You want to know what this person said to me? Why aren't you charging for that information? Yeah. And my response back is, didn't someone help you when you became a sports DJ yourself? And he's like, yeah, but you're giving away the knowledge for free. Why does everything have to be monetized when it's about education? Right. Right. Like, so, so to me, I think we need to do a lot more work in, and I hate saying like, I don't like to be, to, I don't like to sound like a preacher, right? Like I'm talking down to someone. I want to have conversations with people. Right. Um, and these days it just feels like people talk at, at you. And these master classes talk at you. And I hate using the word master class because that's the trademark term, right? But these classes talk at you instead of teaching you. So, I mean, for, for me, as I start to sunset my career into the next transition of being a, a creative and potentially a teacher, and yes, a, a teacher who's doing it for free, um, just to be able to give back to those who took care of me, right? Like I wouldn't be in this situation if 20 things that happened in 1996 didn't line up properly that led me to that night that I met Puffy, that led me to that of meeting June Balloon and Harv Pierre, and then them taking care of me and introducing me to my first manager, Nathan Sheard at Epic, and then Nathan Sheard introducing me to Justo and everybody else. That wouldn't have happened unless 20 people took care of me. Right. Right. So I could basically take the the evolution of my career and date it back to 20 people who said, yo, let me help you out. So who the hell am I to charge? Because 20 people didn't care and didn't charge me. All they wanted to do was just have a drink and see me succeed. So th that's where I'm at with life. life. Hey. Crystal, we we didn't we didn't for, we didn't for, we didn't forgot the clock today. We we normally have a clock running here, right, Yoshi? That that we get in and we get out, and 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 we could probably talk to you all day. Um, and and I I I appreciate you. I know we both appreciate you being here. Um, before we let you get out of here, because we got a little bit of time left. Um, something that we want to start today. We talked about it, right? It's it's a little segment that I call um just a thought and Crisco being the nice guy that he is has let me run with that right hashtag just a thought and my thought for today is last night at the game <clears throat> one of my favorite records out right now at these events when I'm playing for the Bucks or the Lightning shouts out to them for having me is this Black Eyed Peas record pump it like that record to me just goes right it goes like it goes but then I thought about it and I was like, you know, all these all-time hip-hop conversations about groups that I hear, not once, I'm not talking about top 10, I'm not talking about top 20, I'm talking about I'm not even hearing them mentioned. <laughs> Why are the Black Eyed Peas never mentioned when we talk about greatest hip-hop groups of all time? And before I let the both of you jump in, if you look at their bio... It says the group is made up of three rappers. Mm -hmm. Kim Phillips was the first singer. Then you bring in Fergie, right? So, so this is a rap group. Major, major success and sold over 80 million records. I'm trying to think of the rap groups that have sold these kind of numbers. So I put it to you, gentlemen, DJs, historians, champions of the culture, why are we never mentioning the Black Eyed Peas when we talk about greatest hip-hop groups of all time? Boom, the floor is yours. Yeah, go ahead, Yoshi, because I'm going to start throwing them in every conversation on purpose now. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, um, if you look at what they were doing pre-Fergie, when, when you would play their tracks, it was more hip-hop-centric, right? Yes. Then they became, then they, they, they left the, um, I, I guess, what, what do you want to call it? Conscious hip-hop, conscious hip right? Okay. They left that. 
and and they became crossover, popish, Nelly type, party hip hop, and you know, we're to the point where they just started creating party records, and that's their formula. And I don't hate them for their formula. And still, like like you said, at a game, I've, I've been playing them since since two thousand. They have those records. Yeah, let's get it started. You know what I mean? Yeah. My hump. You can play any of these records, and and weekends. It, the, the, yeah. I mean, what what year did weekends come out? I mean, that was that was honestly like one of, and that's that's I think it was just Black Eyed Peas. That's like one of the first Fergie records that they released, right? With was weekends. Right. So I mean, to me, it's just like you're not considered a hip hop group, like you know, uh, like Black Star, if you're not releasing conscious hip hop music. And I think that's wrong too. So, but people will put Migos as you know, mm-hmm. Outkast, uh, Abel MJG, UGK. You know what I mean? It's like they'll consider those hip hop groups, rap groups. Uh, and maybe it's because they haven't seen the the pop culture success, even though um, one or maybe both members of some of these groups, like Wu Tang Clan, have gone on to have pop culture success. I think it's just right. that sound they want to they want to keep everybody that's mentioned in a hip hop or individual rapper hip hop artist of all time in a certain type of look a stereo uh, a stereotype, and I think if you don't if you stop fitting in that. You become either uh, too mainstream to be in those conversations, which is unfortunate. Right? Like maybe I mean, just, we've been saying hip hop with the P, hip hop artist. Now, and now let might- me now let me throw this in. If we're talking fashion, right? When we're talking these greatest groups of all time, if you're talking fashion, we know how crazy it was with Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five. We know how crazy that fashion was. Africa Bambata and 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 the Soul Sonic Force. We know how crazy that fashion was before it became. If we're talking the popularity of what the music has become, to Yoshi's point, to your point, Crisco, Nelly, Diamond Album, Eminem, Diamond Album sales, right? Let's even look on the group side. Outcast, who I regard as definitely one of the greatest of all time. Hey, y'all. Come on. Come, I mean, we know they got a catalog of great records, but Hey Ya is about as commercial as you can ever make. They didn't make a crazy bunch of them like that, but they had crazy success because their records were so dope. Let's also talk about a group right out of Jersey that I love. We are going to go down to the death of us with Hip Hop Array. It is a staple. OPP. Those are staples. Trench is one of the best to ever do it. But to the other point that both of you made, they have not sold 80 million records. So why would you put Naughty by Nature and not have black the Black Eyed Peas mentioned? And, and, and let me give you this, too. This interview came out in 2020, on, and it was on Revolt. Will I Am was on uh, Wyclef John's, Wyclef's uh, Run That Back show. And he said it hurts that the Black Eyed Peas aren't even considered a black group. Mm. Give me your thoughts on that. And, and, and here's what he said to me. He said, in 2004, the Black Eyed Peas, we were just trying to get on, to Yoshi's point. What they were doing in the beginning was a lot of what everybody definitely was going to say rap, right? Going to say this hip-hop thing. When you think of, like, I'm a black dude, but when you think of the Black Eyed Peas, we got so big that, and it hurts. It still hurts a little bit that we're not considered a black group because we got that big. So do you think we're doing a disservice to our own culture because once somebody actually makes it to that success and those records are, you know, pop radios grabbing. Because, I mean, are we going to dare to are we going to say this about Drake one day? I mean, are we going to say this about Nicki Minaj one day? The amount of records that they are moving? Dare we? Are we? I mean, we know the records that Eminem has moved. What do you all think about like maybe there was a, a mystery early with the Black Eyed Peas, right? Because I remember thinking, this was before you knew Apple the Yap was Filipino. This is before, nobody knows, still people don't know what the hell Taboo is. And, <laughs> right. Mexican-American? Is, is, is he native or what, what is happening here? And so I think there was that mystery. And then when Spurgey came along, that, you know, then you have white, then you have like the colors of Benetton. And, and, and that what they say? And, and uh, is it Benetton? Yeah. And then, you had the colors so, of Benetton, right. 
yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so then you started figuring out. Oh wait, so wait. Apple Yap is is not the black guy with a different accent. He's black or Filipino, and then taboo is not. So he, we thought he had a little in him. I thought it was the eighth rule. And like you're trying to. <laughs> And I think once everyone figured out, oh, no, it's an array. It's a multicultural group. Maybe that's why people started saying, nah, I can't really count as a black hip hop group anymore. Maybe. I don't know. Y'all see? That's a, that's a great point. I also uh, went back to, and I'm, you know, I was looking at it and I was trying to see how many prominent all female groups or prominent hip hop groups were there that contained females. Aside from Salt and Pepper, the Fugees, how many can you really say? Um, JJ Fad. Yeah, cro- well, crossed over to being in that stratosphere, right? And right. maybe a lot of it too is the fact that we hate on them. We're not we, but you know the uh, the list makers hate on them because they've crossed over to that point where it's they started out, you know, with what was it behind the front. And then it it became let's get it started. It became my humps. It became my yeah. humps. They don't <laughs> like my humps. <laughs> so I mean that's a good question to ask, and I'm gonna have to ask this question whenever I speak to people, because why? Let's talk about your favorite hip hop group or most successful hip hop groups. Why why wouldn't they be there? No one in here will start a a Facebook group called Black Eyed Peas. Belong in hip hop group, <laughs> but but to Yoshi's point though, I think I'm gonna throw this question out there a little further because it is like I said, as I'm playing a record last night, right, and it is a record that you know I wouldn't say that the average hip hopper that 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 considers himself, you know, he's still wearing his pants a little saggy or whatever, or you know, he's into the skinny jean era that would say I rock with the black eyed peas. But when you look around the stadium and the energy of that room, though. That record is going right, and but I think Yoshi also makes a very valid point that it's almost like we cannibalize our this culture, right? The minute someone gets too much success, ah, uh, you ain't real no more. You ain't keeping it real no more. You ain't you ain't on Clubhouse arguing about that you know killers. You know what I'm saying? You talking about my humps, dude? I mean, even look at Fergie, right? Like like Fergie, even when she made the records on the side, there are some dope records in there where she actually rapping. You know, so I, I I don't know. Maybe it's a, it's an ongoing discussion. I appreciate you two fellas letting me throw it out there and giving me some you know some real good feedback on I, it, man. Uh, you gonna have, I have one question for you. Okay. With how the game was going in the flow of last night, at what point oh, did you don't play? bring it up. At what point did you play? Pump it. Uh, pump it was actually I, I played pump it and like the I do this pregame party part too like we do this pregame okay. so when I'm going for everybody getting hyped that's where pump it came into me like I'm in this energy piece but I'm not sure if it worked in my favor or in in our home team's favor because I cannot tell a lie and Jason can vouch for this there was a whole lot of blue in the building last night mm-hmm. <laughs> there was a whole and and the thing about the Cowboys and and Crisco and I have talked about this as well. I know they travel well, but also in every city you live in, there's so many Cowboys fans, right? So even if you're saying, I can't let them buy the tickets, the person that's probably a Cowboys fan, they got an address in the city because they actually live there. So they're already ready. They've just been waiting on this moment to where they can all gather together in your stadium and make it theirs. So it was a lot of it was a lot of blue in there. But I, I, and I will say this, though, and you guys can probably agree with me here. Stephen A, to his credit, often says the Cowboys fans are obnoxious. They're this and they're that. I am going to go on record as saying, and, and I will say this out loud. To me, the season is not as fun if the Cowboys and Cowboys fans don't seem like or feel like they have some kind of a chance because they just make it that much more interesting. They come on every platform. They're going to win it all. They don't care. As long as they got a chance in that division, as long as they got a chance in the playoffs, they are going to continue to talk. And don't nobody go at you and go with you like they do. So I I will say, you know, it wasn't a great night for us last night. And, you know, I'm sure I'm not nobody's sure what Tom Brady's going to do. I will say to all the Bucks players or whatever, you know, we can talk on these sidelines, but it takes a lot to get out on that field and, and, and put that uniform on. Right. Everybody ain't going to have the greatest game. I mean, even Dak Prescott said it just last week. He looked like straight trash this week. He's the hero. 
right? The kicker looks like trash. So to those guys that get on the field and put those uniforms on, man, I'm, I'm not one of those fans that be like, man, I hate them. They did this. Man, it wasn't the best night in the stadium, but I will say I was glad that we got here. And, you know, Dallas Cowboys fans, Bucks fans, it, it was no trouble in the stadium last night. It was great energy. ESPN did their thing. It was just a great night for the city. We didn't come out on the winning end of it, but being right. a sports guy like you guys are, right, we're in these things. Right? We get to be in the action, right? Everything from the partners to the street team to cameras happening now the guy in your ear it, it was another great time for me man so i will say we, we didn't get the win but but i enjoyed it man and i was i was happy to be a part of that playoff energy yesterday man because it was like you know we was what is it super wild card weekend and all roads led to tampa last night man you couldn't have asked for a better night in the city other than we wish we would have got the win man so you know shouts out to my bucks my bucks fans tampa bay we was there we were there so you know with that energy i'm happy man you know and we're going to end it on a high note like that. You know what I'm saying? Yoshi, <laughs> Yoshi man, I, we appreciate you being here, man. Where, what, what you got hey, coming you up next, and where me. can we find you at on social media? Yeah, so uh, social media, it's uh, Real DJ Yoshi on Instagram and TikTok. I, I've given in. I created a TikTok page, and I don't really post, but I consume it. Sad to say that uh, I, I get some records and, and do some of my music research for what kids are listening to um, on TikTok, um, on Twitch, I'm there Wednesday and Friday, five to seven PM Eastern, live streaming DJ sets, and that's Twitch.tv forward slash Real DJ Yoshi. It's free, so you know. And then my new YouTube page, it's uh, DJ. It's YouTube.com forward slash DJ Yoshi videos. And again, it's, uh, I'm recording all the content to just push out weekly. Um, this week, I'm back with an early, early call time for Army Navy. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm there at 5 o'clock in the morning. Sheesh. Sheesh. And West Point, West Point is an hour and 40-minute drive from me. So uh, I'm, I'm there. And then um, some folks from, you know, the, the Super Bowl weekend have reached out uh, to inquire, uh, you know, what I would do with them. Uh, again, it depends on does it speak to me and you know fulfilling my creative and fulfilling my soul um, well make it speak to you dog because i'm out here so make it speak to you you know I'll open up the ear and then, and then let's go ahead and like you know what i'm saying do something out here yeah I, I would i would love to be out there you know link up with you and and uh, dj Tycho out in that area um and and just you know get away from there and then i'm i'm back in uh chicago in march uh, for the beginning of March Madness and uh, San Diego and LA later in March, towards the end of March Madness. And um, after that, you know, uh, I also started uh, headshot photographies. And that's another thing that I'm passionate about photography. So uh, taking my gear and going out for walks and capturing photos. And uh, of course, uh, being able to DJ and shoot photography for my clients so that that's what i'm really happy to that's, that's really what's been speaking to me a lot lately dope you know Egan, from now on when we know somebody's as busy as yoshi we only gotta ask him hey what you got coming up this week yeah i know right <laughs> <laughs> yo there, there's this my favorite drop that anybody has ever done with me and it, it took skills shout out to mad skills it took skills like an hour to think about what, what he wanted to say for this drop. He ends it with, yo, how do you have so many jobs? How do you keep on collecting so many checks anyway? <laughs> yo, you're listening to Yoshi. Go ahead. <laughs> yo. Crisco, well, I know you're getting ready for Super Bowl action, but, the, but you know, um, I know y'all are working on some things out there in Arizona when it comes to the Cardinals, so how has your schedule shifted? I don't know if I give you this week because I talk to you every single week, so we, we can get the constant updates on you. Yeah, no, no. Mine's going to be real quick, man. You know, I'm just happy that um, the Cardinals, my, uh, Mr. Bidwill, has, uh, you know, made the decision on a new general manager. So I'm wearing this hat today in good faith that we're moving forward in the right direction here. Uh, head coach, that, that hopefully that decision is made before uh, the, the big Super Bowl here. We got waste management. The, the Big Phoenix open, so we're getting ready. Uh, for that as well. I mean, this this time in Arizona, bro, you know that. I mean, it is really just back to back to back. Then we got spring training after that. Um, so there's a lot going on. Just follow me 
at Chris Go Kid. I promise I'll do a better job this week on uh on, on getting back to 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 how my gram and all my social media should look. I, I like to walk my way back in the new year, man. That's, that's what I'm doing on social media. I don't gotta attack it too hard. That's- hey man, it happens, man. I think I think we lost Yoshi, man, but I do I do appreciate him uh him rocking with us here today on the players playlist, man. As always, uh at DJ Eakin across all the socials and uh video action, we're rocking on YouTube at DJ Eakin TV, man. For everybody rocking with us here, man, my man Crisco Kid, my man Jason over at Radio Influence. I appreciate everybody, man. And also too, man, big shouts out to my man Dave House, who made sure that uh, you know, Yoshi got here and everything was rocking and, and and also to to our partner in crime, Ian Beckles, who always takes us, you know, well inside of the NFL, right? Uh, <laughs> for my partner in crime, Crisco Kid, man, it's the player's playlist, man. We appreciate you, man. Uh, Crisco, I don't know if I can take another week of playoffs like this, man. <laughs> yeah, if I was a betting man, I would have lost all week. <laughs> I appreciate you, man. I'll see you soon.